Hey everyone, welcome to CSM Secrets, Key Insights from Influential Customer Success Leaders. And in today's episode, I have Erit Ezips, the CEO and founder of CSM Practice, a consulting firm offering customer success strategy design services to executives and companies of all sizes. Erit has been consistently voted as a top customer success strategist since 2013. And she runs one of the most popular YouTube shows, CSM Practice, which is a rage among CS practitioners. Let's hear more from Erit. Hey, Edith. Welcome to CSM Secrets. So happy to have you with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, let's do this. So, so you're such a popular person amidst the CS community, and you have a great consulting background in customer success from, you know, which started with Gainsight, and also you're now a CEO of your own venture, CSM Practice. Tell us about your experience, right? What do you like the most about customer success as it stands today, because not everybody make this kind of a huge leap and invest or go all in and find their own venture, right? Yeah. Uh, why don't you talk about it? Yeah, well, you know, before I joined, I, I used to work at Gainsight, of course. So before I joined Gainsight, the majority of my life have been a strategy consultant or a technology consultant. So, you know, working with customers and um in, in a consulting capacity is, is nothing new. Uh, in fact, working for a software company was more new to me than <laughs> being in a consulting position. So leaving Gainside and starting my own consulting firm seemed a, a very natural thing for me. Uh, I think what's interesting in my career path is, you know, in the past almost 10 years now, I have seen customer success emerge as a function, as a strategy, I've seen it in back in 2013 when I was working at Gainsight being a very nascent function and strategy. People were and companies were mainly focused on, you know, fighting churn, whereas now the strategies and methodologies are so much more sophisticated. We have a better sense of why we're doing customer success. We don't have to fight uh, the fight to just say that it's even working. Everybody knows that it does. It's just a matter of baking out the strategies even further and uh, baking out the maturity of customer success even further. But it's been a really interesting journey from my perspective, being at the onset of this whole uh, movement of customer success. Awesome. Great. And um, so what, what is it that you keep hearing again and again from um, the customer success uh, organizations that you consult, right? Let's talk about churn, which is which is the known uh, conversation in any CS uh, topic, right? So what are some proven churn prevention strategies and tools that you, that you advise customers about? And, you know, what are you actively looking at uh, in recommending for customers that actually go through a lot of churn? Yeah, I'd say, you know, define a lot uh, or like what is a lot of churn? Um, it, it really depends on what is the industry average. And I think that it's very important to understand how do you gauge against your peers from a customer, from a company's lifecycle perspective and from your specific industry and business model. So um, really like the, the levers that you're going to pull in order to diminish churn and not only that, I want to say now we really know that we need to focus on increasing net retention rates. So it's not just about reducing churn. A lot of companies don't have a big churn issue, but their NRR is fairly low because they don't have enough upsells. 
so if if you see that your average churn, let's say just the gross churn rates is fairly high to other companies at your stage or other companies in your industries, then most likely the churn is caused because of the maturity of your product or the maturity of your solution if you're a services company. And there's something to be said about fixing that first. There's not enough amount of customer success managers that you can throw into this to fix this unless you really deal at the heart of the issues, the technology issues, et cetera. Uh, however, if you are um, you know, a, a, about average or a little below average, and you know that there's some things that you can do to uh, decrease churn by one, two, three percent, and already that that would be a big difference, then for the most part, what I do with these type of companies is really visit the customer success strategy. Do we have the right processes in place? Are they optimized? Are we able to do data-driven decisions? Do we have customer-centric processes? You'd be surprised a lot of times there's siloism and all of these little things, considered little, are actually really have a big impact on churn rates. And so what I do is really work with clients and other companies, obviously, and their customer success teams to uh, figure out what it is that we need to change and improve, and that uh, indirectly also impacts the gross churn rates. Wow. I really like the part about the silos that you mentioned, right? They might seem very trivial, but they could actually be contributing to the churn big time. Right, Big time. and I'm sure you have, uh, you know, recommended frameworks and processes to spot them and rectify them. Yeah, in your in your consulting uh, services. Yeah, a lot of times we see uh, where sales doesn't collaborate well with customer success, or marketing owns the voice of the customer program without collaborating enough with customer success to really make it super effective. And so there's a lot of hanging fruits that are that are being dropped. And then in terms of issues that cause churn, uh, a handover could be a real issue sometimes. And so between miscommunications, not having uh, listening posts for upsells and issues, uh, not be, not having a clear strategy on how to operate cross-functionally in an effective manner, you know, uh, increasing transparency and the uh, productivity of everybody collaborating together, or even having a cross-functional process with clear um, responsibilities, uh, that all of that really causes for a poor customer experience. And that in return, obviously, uh, causes um, churn issues. Yeah, yeah, very well said, right? And and I just want to uh, speak specifically about startups because I work for a startup. I have always been involved in the startup ecosystem. And usually they face a different kind of challenge compared to established enterprises, right? Like, you know, the churn rate, you may correct me given your experience in this, but the churn rate that the startups face be- before they become a brand or a name is, is, is of multiple times more than a well-established uh, SaaS uh, business, right? Uh, do you agree with that? Uh, with that uh, summary that I have, is churn an issue only for startups and mid-sized companies, or this is observed observed through large uh, SaaS players also? Yeah, I mean, listen, startups have a lot less resources, and so they have to 
produce a superior customer experience and drive to value with little to no resources. And so, of course, with so many people wearing so many hats, it's it's challenging. And then on top of that, you typically have uh, product maturity issues. And so, you know, naturally, they're going to have more uh, challenges than others. So some of the things that we're seeing uh, why mid-sized companies or enterprise companies have issues of churn and uh, diminished upsell and expansion selling is usually because like with mid-market companies, they lack the strategy, they lack the processes, their technologies are not in place the way it should be. Their tech stack, as we call it, is not optimized for scalability and they end up growing a lot faster that they have their operations aligned to scale. And so what happens is the organization kind of looked like a patched house, you know, from the moment they were startup, maybe they had like a small little operations and then they patch things up and it just doesn't, it's just not optimized. And so it's like you said, like the siloism, the lack of data, uh, you know, lack of strategy, clear processes, all of that uh, just causes a lot of churn in mid-market companies and high growth companies. And then sometimes enterprise companies start to see a big churn issue or what we call a net retention rate issue for completely different sets of of problems. So they don't have resources issues. They have like plenty of resources in place. They probably have a lot of technology, but maybe in pockets they're missing some. But that's not typically why uh, they have... (laughs) <laughs> churn issues. They have churn issues sometimes because they have too much software and mm. it's not talking to one another. And so there really isn't an easy way to clearly see what's going on with the customer. When you have 400 cu- products and thousands of employees, it's really all over the place. And they start losing um, visibility that's really easy for a mid-market company to fix. And then the other issue that really large companies have, uh, enterprise companies, as we call it, is that sometimes they've been in a market for 20, 30 years. Most of the executives and uh, folks that have been working with customers have been with a company sometimes 12, 17, 25 years, and they're used to be doing things in a certain way. And they don't really have visibility to these customer success movements and new strategies that the market is offering. And so they end up having new companies enter into the marketplace with all of these bells and whistles, not just like the product is looks better because they have a more, you know, a better UI or AI capabilities that the old technology doesn't have. So they, they lose the uh, race around technology. And then on the other side, they don't really catch up on how other companies, younger companies operate with customers. So the customer experience is also lacking because they, you know, they're just used to be doing the way things were done in the eighties and the nineties. Yeah, And so those are the kind of companies that sometimes reach out to me and they say, well, we get it. (laughs) Customers are now expecting a customer success manager. They're expecting someone to really own the account and and drive a better customer experience. And they're getting a better customer experience from other companies. And so that's kind of like fewer to separate between what startups, mid-market and enterprise companies are facing and why they're facing churn. I would say these are the main issues that I'm seeing and they're very, very different. Mm, Okay. 
that's 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 a great insight and so moving to zooming out a little bit right i mean you would have seen so much in your in your consulting experience do you do you really see a certain uh, predictions that you can make uh, you know for the one five ten years or whatever uh, time period that you have visibility for what are your key predictions or trends that you see evolving in this space from the near term to the long term yeah if we compare this year to last year we see more companies investing in um, scaling the operations, digital engagements with customers as a baseline for all of their customer cohorts, not just the lower SMBs, but actually supporting all of their customers. And if you look at the, if you're familiar with the customer success pyramid, and if not, I highly recommend uh, looking into it. We used to think that high touch, we assigned a high high level CSM and then the lower touch, there's like a tech touch segment that only gets um, technology touch and no no person assigned. I think all of that is kind of like being revisited where almost every customer would get some sort of a human touch with better um, resources being assigned either with a pooled CSM or better support um, initiatives. And then the digital touch obviously is being um, double clicked on. And I think that as companies grow, they're going to invest more and more in a more profound customer success technology stack. So we used to think that, oh, you just buy a customer success solution and that takes care of everything. I think today we know that there's like customer onboarding solutions that emerge that are worth investing in. There's customer advocacy applications. They're very robust voice of the customer applications that are emerging. Um, there's, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we'll see upsell and cross-sell applications and software solutions that just focus on that. There's renewal applications. So there's, there's a tech stack for mm, customer yeah. success. And I think we're going to see more and more companies just starting to treat customer success from a technology standpoint in a much more vast way. And the last prediction that I think we're going to see is marketing and sales and other functions within the organization uh, becoming much more customer centric. And we'll see, I believe, a center of excellence being built uh, as a team for every company that takes on these kind of recommendations, right? That really want to take on customer success as a serious matter and embrace customer success cross-functionally. And I think, you know, Gainsight, uh, Nick Maida, Allison Pickinson have been talking about it for a very yeah. long time, at least like three years, I think is when they last published the book about it. Uh, but, you know, the market is catching up finally. And I think it'll take another three to five years because, before this becomes more predominant yeah 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 that's that's a great insight once again and so just another question right so there are still organizations that never had a customer success practice at all you would be surprised as to how many there are around right and what are some roles uh you know where should organizations such as that get started right what are the roles that the org should have as a first step in institutionalizing a customer success practice. Of course, there is an evolution. But if you would prioritize and say, if you never had a CS practice, start here with these rules, what would you what would you suggest? 
Yeah, I think like it, it depends on the size of the company. If you're a startup, you know, pre-series A, you probably want to have a CSM that does all kinds of things. So it's really hard to justify the first CSM when you're a young startup, but you still want to hire for that and have them do support, onboarding, as well as the renewals function, like the whole thing. I know it's a lot, but you kind of need them to do all of it. If you're like series A, series A or a growth, uh, high growth company, you want to start thinking about other specialized roles. So you definitely want to separate support from onboarding and have some sort of a person that owns either partially or fully the CS operations. And then as companies grow, obviously they want to think about you know, depending on the customer baseline size, if they have a lot of customers that are small, invest in customer marketing and digital engagement, uh, what we call scaled CS. Um, if you have a lot of renewals and if you give it to the CSM all day long, that's all they will do and they will never have time to talk about value to customers, then invest in a renewals team. So I think it's really important to say, you know, what is the functionality and the skill set that I need to hire in terms of um, just creating the right impact for my company? What is the main issue or the main opportunity that we have ahead of us? What is our company's go-to market strategy? And then design an organization that would support that um, and help the company grow in that direction as fast as possible. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So uh, my last question for this, uh, you know, the the deep, uh, thoughtful round, right? So let's say that there are there is a CSM practice. What would you suggest they drive as their top three strategies, and you know, collaborate so that they can really be successful, right? Mm, what should yeah. a CSM practice focus on as a conscious? strategy that they drive with the rest of the organization? Yeah, listen, I mean, if, if you're just starting your customer success strategy, just starting your CSM practice, I, the first thing that I recommend, I see a lot of executives skip that step for some mm. reason. It's always um, not a good idea. I've, I've seen how impactful this is. So if you're starting out your CSM practice, start by, first of all, defining what's your team's charter then define the team's KPIs, the org structure, and the customer journey map. Those are your fundamentals. That's the first thing you want to communicate. It'll help you communicate what is your organization about. And even in the team charter, call out how are you going to help all the other functions within the organization. It'll help you articulate your value internally in a much more profound way. So after you're done with your fundamentals, then you want to work on three main areas, product adoption, and just making sure that customers adopt and gain initial uh, value from your solution. Expansion, which means additional use cases, additional seeds, upsells, of course. And then finally, the retention itself. Or how are you going to do renewal forecast? How are you going to get ahead of churn issues? How are you going to gauge for customers' health? Uh, if you treat all of these areas, I think you should be okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Awesome. So that brings us to the end of the serious talk. Now we are going to find out a little more about you as a person through a rapid fire round. 
you cannot think so much when answering this round. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> okay, so you're off to the moon and you're likely never coming back and you're guaranteed Wi-Fi and connectivity there. What are the three functions at work that you would take along with you that you think you cannot live without as a CS leader? Okay, first of all, uh, hopefully I don't work if I'm in the moon, but <laughs> <laughs> let's say everybody migrate there with me and I can get to keep my uh, three functions for my entire team. Uh, look, I, I have a services company, so it's a little bit different than the software company. We still have customers. We still are very worried about customer success. But because it's a boutique consulting firm, I am the CEO. So I have the CEO, right? <laughs> uh, and the CEO does the sales. Um, I do the, the IP, which means like developing the methodologies and uh, working with customers. So what I really would miss if I'm me, um, this is not probably related to anybody else listening to this. So I apologize, <laughs> but I'll probably keep my marketing team because I really couldn't live without them. They're an amazing bunch. So I'll definitely leave that function. I'll definitely leave my customer success function. So I do have people helping me, making sure my customers have an awesome experience. And I'll keep my finance team because yeah. nobody wants to do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, so let's say that a bunch of college grads come to you, all of them equally academically talented. If they had to make it to your team, what are the three skills that you will look for? Mm. Well, I think the first and foremost, the first thing that I'm looking for, uh, you know, very, very, I have a couple of junior people working in my team right now, like interns. And so the things that I was looking is, um, can they adapt and learn quickly? Do they have accountability? Are they responsible? Um, and kind of like be able to manage up. So if they miss a deadline, they can communicate about it in advance, open to feedback, things like that. And then I, for if you know, if I were to be hiring a junior CSM on my team, which I don't think I will, but if, if I did, I would look for someone with analytical skills because I think that's like something that if they come in, if you work for a, a larger company as an intern or um, as a junior CSM right off the college, but you're probably going to do a lot more things and have more opportunities if you work for a startup. But that's just my guess. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah, they are they are inevitable for to succeed in a in a role like CS, right? All yes. right. So if there is one favorite ca cartoon character that represents a good CSM for you, which one would you choose? Well, I love all the women in the customer success community, and I obviously identify with one. So I created actually a cartoon for me. I put it on stickers <laughs> and stuff because I don't know firm. I can do whatever I want. And so um, I I really think about most customer success managers, whether they're women or not, as a superhero. Uh, we wear so many hats. Um, we have to juggle so many clients, uh, be experts in the product, be experts in communicating, be able to talk to the admin as well as the executive leader. And so I think at the end of the day, you have the entire customer base on, on your shoulders. And uh, that's kind of like what I, I imagine a customer success is uh, in a cartoon format. <laughs> so uh, thank you. All right. It's like the, my bitmoji. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> it's, it's super cool. So you're most inspired by whom? Why and what, right? Like you seem so driven and uh, creative and you're all in into this. So what inspires you to be in it? Like, share us about what, what, what inspires you every day. 
I always say I have like four uh, very dominant women in my life, my mom, my aunt, and both my grandmas. And I, you know, I look up to them as a kid and I still look up to them. Some of them have already uh, passed away, but these were like four amazing, strong women had their opinion. They all own their own business. Um, they all had their own opinions, obviously. Mm. And I think, you know, that's, that's the driven part in me is that I've never had, you know, this, um, stay at home mom type of, uh, role model. They all were just fantastic people. Uh, they always kind of like tried to help uh, other people. I had one grandma that tried to do a, a good deed every day. She was a good deed chaser. Another wow. one, she had a real estate empire. Um, it's just, you know, <laughs> I just ended up having uh, great role models within yeah. my immediate family. And that's why I'm so driven. I think myself is just the way that I think women are <laughs> for yeah. some reason. Yeah. yeah. And um, working with CS, listen, this is an amazing community. I think you're seeing it super for yourself as yes. well, right? So proactive, so helpful. I really connect with everyone that I engage with, whether they are um, being recorded as a guest on my YouTube channel or they're my customers. And if I think about my customers, who do I work with? It's these amazing men and women that are high caliber executives. They all inspire me in their own way, fighting the fight, articulate their thoughts in a very eloquent way. And um, many of them end up in my advisory board uh, because I want them to continue to inspire me. Um, You know, and so I, I feel very blessed, honestly, to be part of this community and have this type of job. Yeah. Wonderful. And and what do you, uh, you know, bring to the table as a very unique skill that has helped you scale so well in your career and life? That you know, really the one thing, yeah. yeah, no, the one thing that most people tell me is that, um, and I wouldn't have noticed it unless somebody told me, is that, I, that my strong suit is take very complex um, concepts and break them down in a simple way and explain them in a very clear manner so that other people can understand it quickly as well. Uh, and I think that's one of my fortes and that's why it works well for me as a consultant. And, uh, if I had to pick another one, it would be just, you know, as a consultant, a lot of us just thinking about explaining the concept, I think, I'm more like, you know, we say in Hebrew, you know, I'm Israeli. We say in Hebrew, tachles, you know, like, oh. can you like, all right, get me the results. Get like, take a person or a company through a transformation. Like for me, at the end of the project, I just want to see them being completely different entity or being a completely yeah. different person with new skills, inspired, excited, and that the team is operating completely different as well. Um, I had one CEO that told me, you know, before you came, we were like a caveman and now we're finally walking erect. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I will. I will share that same interview or the blog where uh, she had mentioned that. And finally, Edith, so whatever you want to share with our audience, like, you know, any thought, words or your or your handle or about your practice, whatever you want to leave the audience, I mean, they, that they should know about you, please, please feel free to use this forum. Yeah. So 
One day I visited uh, the conference that's called CS100 that's being organized by Client Success. And the CEO is one of the most gracious people I know. His name is Dave Blake. And he went on the stage and he said something that really resonated with me. And I taught it to everybody I know in my family, my daughters. I just lived by it since then. He said, treat those who are below you as kings and those who are above you as equals. So I thought that was just so fantastic. Yeah. I I really love that. And I really try my best to, you know, um, those that are unfortunate, if you can give them your grace and treat them like with the utmost respect you can possibly give them. That's so wonderful. And by the way, he said that his grandma lived by it and she taught him that. And I was like, yeah, grandmas are pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I mean, if if you have any listeners that are on their journey to becoming a better customer success professional, they're just starting out or they just got their customer success executive role. They're just looking to be inspired by others. I do a lot of interviews with customer success executives and uh, customer success professionals on my YouTube channel. It's fully dedicated to all topics related to customer success and it's called CSM practice. (laughs) So if anybody's listening and they want to like go subscribe and check it out, I would really appreciate it. Um, And then if anybody else is like um, need, there's any executives here that need help in uh, optimizing onboarding adoption, upsell and cross sell or renewals, whatever it is. Um, You know, my company hasn't been established in 2014. It was one of the first customer success strategy consulting firms in the world. Um, You know, the team and I help companies, like I said, reduce churn, grow upsell revenues by designing and implementing customer success strategies. And we mainly specialize with um, working with companies that are high growth, um, growing really fast and needs to scale up or enterprise companies. We don't do a lot of work with startups, but every now and then we do have maybe like a, you know, series B, C or D, like a, like more mature startups uh, that need some help. And uh, yeah. And so check out, check out our website, csmpractice.com. If, if you have something um, that you need help with. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And with that, uh, it's a wrap. Thank you, Edith, for you know being so graciously accepting to be part of the uh, show as a guest, and also the and also to do the finale <laughs> for the first season. Thank you so much. We appreciate all the time you spent with us today. You are awesome, Suba. Thank you so much for including me, and uh, thanks to everybody that listened. And that's a wrap. Hope you enjoyed this episode of CSM Secrets. See you soon in our next episode. Thank you.